from Bloom. <laughs> from. Uh, okay, live. live. What is it? <clears throat> oh, ready? Should I do it again? From Indiana University in Bloomington. From Indiana University in Bloomington. This is. This is. This is American Student Radio. Real chill. Real chill. Aliens, conspiracy, journalism, and lesbians. Hi, and welcome to American Student Radio. This is our first episode of the semester, and we're diving into all things itemized, from receipts to text to ingredients. All the little points of data that tell the world who we are and that tell us about ourselves. Student discounts are plentiful if you look hard enough. However, if you have access to a student email, family, friends, and acquaintances will probably ask you to use it to save some money. But one thing they don't tell you about is the emails. Tarek Warner looks into just this problem in our next piece. Sometimes it pays to be a college student. Not when you look at the final number of your student loans or how you'll pay for various items while attending school full-time, but when you want to save $5 on something like a Spotify subscription, it helps to be a student. And while you have access to a university email, you have the pleasure of family and friends asking you if they can use that email to save on Amazon Prime. It's all about the Prime. And to be fair, it's the best deal a student can get as it saves you $60 a year and you get free shipping on some things. It's actually really dope. But what they don't tell you is that everything is tracked through your email. It's flooded with messages such as thank you for your order, your package has arrived, and check out these recommended items. It's maddening. And when your family averages at least one item a day, it can really clog up your email. Which is the most first world problem I could think of, but it's mildly inconvenient for me, and I'm the only one who gets these emails. And sometimes, they forget the password and have to reset it. And they want to know whether cotton balls haven't been delivered in a timely manner. Or a list of other things that usually take less than two minutes to solve, but it always takes my email address to resolve. It sucks. A robot vacuum cleaner, horse stickers, water bottle. My two older sisters, who aren't like too old, but nonetheless older than me, use Amazon liberally, every day. It's things like rubbing alcohol, a phone charger, a stopwatch, or even an electronic robot vacuum. And while I'm the youngest one, I may be old fashioned because it seems easier to go to the store. Or maybe it's because I have the time. It's nice not having kids, a full-time job, and the added responsibility of taking care of a younger brother. Taking in all the responsibilities they have, I don't blame them for using Amazon as much as possible. It's the convenience factor. It's the, I'd rather just go home after a day's work and not have to worry about getting a muffin pan. It's a nice luxury if you can afford it, and with my student discount, you save a little money. I guess I should also mention that I don't actually pay for the Amazon Prime discount. My sisters do. I'm only complaining about the emails. I guess it's the least I could do. They've bailed me out when my mother and father were angry with something I shouldn't have done. They helped me pay for rent when things just weren't working out. My middle sister makes me text her when I get back to Bloomington after visiting with her. And my oldest sister always checks up on me and asks me when I'm coming back to see her in Utah. 
Even through the I hate my sibling stages, I never really fought with either. Even though I did think my oldest sister loved me more because my middle sister never came to see my basketball games when I went to all of hers, but that's a different story. I don't love seeing diapers, electronic toy cars, and mouthwash fill my email, but I usually remember that my sisters took care of me. So the least I can do is read six emails a day from Amazon. Mr. Clean Sponge. For American Man, Student Radio in Bloomington, this is Tarek. Oh, computer ink, diapers, a muffin pan, a book on Chinese acupuncture. There's something therapeutic about cooking. In this next piece, producer Sheila Ragavendran talks about her relationship with that connection. My mind is kind of like my Vagarnay Dubby. It has different compartments, different bubbles of passion and conflict and seeds of thought just like my box of Indian spices. I open my Vagarnay Dubby and I'm comforted by familiar smells. Cumin. Turmeric. I pour oil in a pot and throw in mustard seeds. Everything is calm. And so, I try to focus. But my mind wanders Suddenly, I'm thinking about other things, transposed to other places. I'm doing my laundry, failing a test, falling in love. I'm thinking about Dr. Christine Blasey Ford and injustice to women. I try to push back the thoughts that relentlessly bubble up, prodding my forehead for attention. I breathe in. I breathe out. And I wait. For this moment, there's nothing I can do but wait. I dance. My feet against the tiled floors create the perfect acoustics. I smile as I fall into a rhythm. I'm no longer in my kitchen. I'm a ballerina at the Metropolitan Opera. I'm floating across the stage. I'm fixed in the space between human and air. And then... When my mother taught me to cook, she said to always wait for the chut-chut. It happens on its own time. And even sometimes when it feels like I've waited long enough, when it seems like I'm wasting my time, I step back and breathe and again and again. And eventually, I hear the chut-chut. And when I hear it, I have to act fast. The seeds pop out of the pot. My thoughts flow into other cavities of my body. I scramble every time, even though it's the same every time. I add lentils, then cumin seeds. I grab some of this cream-colored powder. I've never figured out the English word for it, but you can call it what I call it, hing. I pause for a moment, though I know I shouldn't. The mixture could burn if I don't keep moving. But I revel in the risk, and I take in the pretty riot I've created on my stove. The competing flavors sizzle with each other, arguing over one another, contaminating one another. I breathe in. I add vegetables to the pot, and a dash of turmeric, and a splash of water. 
I breathe out. For a moment, again, everything is calm. For American Student Radio, I'm Sheila Raghavendran. Music in this piece is by Blue Dot Sessions. Have you ever needed to study for the test of your life only to spend five consecutive hours on Twitter? Like many other brain-dead students, time management is a problem for Maddie Jimenez and Nora Youssef, so they decided to record audio from a normal Saturday to document how they spend their time. Good morning from the construction site. She thought my brother was attractive and he has a really nice skin tone. <laughs> she also once complimented my other brother's dad bod. Oh, yeah, my brother would actually look like Hello! Right. Actually, <laughs> actually we'll cur- I don't know what I'm doing with my No, you see your brothers to say they're, they're attractive. Right? Can we go eat? Yeah. Okay. In this next piece, we dive into our own finances and explore on what we spend our money and why. So I have pulled up on my laptop in front of me my account history for my debit account, my checking account. Um, available, I have 395.95, which is more than I usually like to keep in my checking account because if I have that much money in my mind, I feel like I'm really rich and then I can spend a lot of money. So it is a Sunday, so it's prime time to be looking at how much money you spent over the weekend. Um, and so first charge is 525 at Hartzell's Ice Cream. Um, went there last night. Uh, I really wanted ice cream. In my checking account, I have uh, almost $750. Um, but that is all going to leave me very, very soon um, for rent, which is $550. But the very first charge is a terminal surcharge um, for an ATM. I got out some cash to go to the farmer's market and buy bread. Next is a Park Mobile charge for $4.25. I have a car, and so I have to park sometimes. $34.64 at Kroger, so that's just groceries for the week. 
And then I've spent forty two seventy nine at Urban Outfitters. Um, I'm not proud of this. Then I have a Starbucks charge uh, for $20, which actually was not for me. I sent somebody else that $20. Another charge from Starbucks for $10. That's for me. Yeah, I mean, I pay for my utilities. Um, my parents do pay for my rent. My dad doesn't really know how much my rent is, if I'm being quite honest, so he gives me $500 a month. I think he thinks my rent is more expensive than it is. So I pay $406.25 per month in rent, which I used to pay less, but they hiked up my rent slightly. My mom gives me... Well, it depends. She usually just like will p- make a payment on my credit card because I was abroad for a semester and I kind of racked up a little bit of uh, credit card debt. Um, and so she'll pay like $100 a month for me. My parents used to pay my rent, um, but I recently got a nice scholarship, which will pay for it. And so I'm just not going to let them send me money anymore and let our uh, financial relationship be the car and like the times when I accidentally use their credit card, which I don't try to do. It just happens. Yeah, I get a pretty hefty refund from the university, but it's just I want to save it. Yeah, I'm kind of bad about it that way. I'm like a like a hoarder, I'm like a shark. I won't ask anyone for money because I feel like I'm pretty responsible with it. And I just put it in my little savings account. Let's see. I got paid on Friday as well. So that was nice and kind of fueled some of my weekend spending. I got $211.56 for my two weeks at work. I don't really work that much. I also got paid. So that's $255.96. Probably a fairly standard paycheck for two weeks for me. I could be spending more money. I have a pretty good paying job. I think I make more money than most of my peers on campus because I make like $15 an hour. I don't work that many hours. I could work more. I mean, I wish people talked about this stuff more often because again, like I don't know where I stand and I think that makes it scarier to kind of enter the real world. I mean, maybe if I was in a really bad position and I found out, oh my God, everyone else in the world has more money than me, it would be more scary. But I just, you don't really have a way of kind of locating yourself and whether you will or won't succeed and kind of preparing yourself for that. Because if I was in a really bad position, I guess I'd rather know than be like, oh, I'm probably fine, right? I, I have always wondered sort of where I am personally, financially, in relation to my peers. I know that my family's middle class. We've always been middle class. like, um, And probably, I have no clue, probably middle of the middle. Nobody talks about it. My parents would never tell me quite what our financial situation was. But I don't know, I think it just reveals kind of people's privilege and people or lack of privilege or like if people are getting like all their money from their parents, usually they don't want to say that. And if people are really struggling, people also don't want to say that because they are afraid of being judged. Um, And so I think we just kind of don't talk about it, Um, which I think, I mean, talking about it has like, I have to acknowledge that my parents pay me money every month to live. And like some people don't have that. And so I have to be like, oh, you know, I can do these things because my parents are giving me money. And when I think about the future and, like, having to pay my own things and inevitably incurring debt, I'm, like, horrified because my parents have always supported me a lot. Like, if I ask for something and I make a case for needing it, they'll just do it. 
suddenly I'm not going to have that. I'm sure they would still like allow it, but my pride won't allow me to ask anymore. And so I think about like trying to live as a young adult, as a journalist or like communications person. And like, I have no clue how it's going to work. I have no clue how it's going to happen. Um, and I have a little bit in my savings account, but my whole idea for the savings account is I don't use it. Like, it just stays there for if I like get run over by a car and it runs away and I have to pay my medical bills. I feel like come May, I'm going to be scrambling. It's scary. But my pride won't allow me to make it not scary. <laughs> When's the last time you received a voicemail and actually listened to it? Voicemails can seem like something archaic in the age of textual communication. But in this next piece, producer Rick Brewer goes through the messages people have left for him. I've always been a caller. Even when texting had replaced AOL Instant Messenger, I still preferred calling people. Catching up over the phone has become a lost art and dies a little more with each generation. Since I'm a caller, people call me back, but I don't always pick up. And every once in a while, people leave me these things called voicemails. It's kind of like a voice memo, but not really. Because it's meant for you. They're inside jokes, notes from a lover, and help you hear, literally hear, how relationships have changed over time. At least that's what my voicemail archive tells me. Richard Brewer! It's your lucky day! Richard, hello, it's been far, far, far too long. Rick! Rick! Richard! Hey, Mikey. I'll be home around 7.30. I'm sorry I never called you last night. I'm, like, super sick. I so much enjoyed leaving you voicemails more when you had your voicemail that was all, like, perfectly recorded. and like you. It was a very good night, but I didn't get back till way later than I thought. And then I took the night call. And then there was, there was no, no going back. But obviously, you're still sick. But you should call me after six of you on plan. Okay, bye. Miss you, friend. Um, I'm in the car driving. Figured I'd give you a holler. I'm driving up to Michigan. Hey, Rick, it's Matthew. Hope you're doing really well. Yeah, I'm sure you're back up in Indiana getting ready to start classes. But just wanted to give you a ring and see how the rest of your summer went. And I'm Bye, back. Bye, Hello, child. This is your mother. Uh, just wanted to remind you to please call Dr. Hawkins' office and cancel your appointment tomorrow. I will see you later. Hi, Rick. This is Grandfather Brewer. I just wanted to call and uh, congratulate you on getting your graduate. Hey, Rick. Dad calling. It's about uh, 10 after 2 on Friday. I thought I'd give you a quick try back. We're playing phone tag. Hey, Rick. It's Pop uh, calling you on Sunday, July 2nd at 6 o'clock. Hey, Rick, it's Dad calling Thursday night, August 30th. Hey, Rick, it's Dad calling uh, July 9th, Sunday night, about a quarter till 10. UMBC, UMBC. Yeah, 
Yes, the game is predicated on defense. Just ask Virginia, the first number one seed to go down to a 16. I got to talk to you about it. Take care, buddy. Love you. Bye-bye. Hey, buddy, we, Mom and I, and Lowell, are all moved in to Brevard, North Carolina. Just wanted to call and check in with you, buddy. I've gone quite a few days and not caught up with you. I hope all is well. Hey, Rick, it's Annie, and I hope you've been enjoying the day today and the week so far. And, yeah, I'll just call back uh, later on. Hey, I don't even know if I've left you a voicemail before. Um, Hello. This is voicemail number four, and um, (laughs) hope you're doing well, and uh, I'm driving back from Bay City right now, so within the next What do we say when we first meet each other? And what if we don't meet in person? And what if we meet through Tinder? Producer Jack Bassett brings us a story about first impressions when there's very little to lose. Twenty-first century hookup dating culture is a lot like an orchestra piece. There's a lot going on all at once, and it sometimes can be overwhelming. There's some high notes, and of course, quite a few low notes. It doesn't always make perfect music to the ear, but the pursuit of finding love, or at least finding someone to make love with, can make for one interesting tune. Nudes? No. Sad face. Laughy face. (laughs) Roses are red, violets are fine, you be the six and I'll be the nine. I want you to sit on my face so I can eat my way to your heart. I want to just dog you down. Would you rather have a hot guy with a small dick or an average guy with a huge dick? (laughs) Haha, be honest. The worst message I ever got is when someone asked me how much I charge for an hour. Hi, how much do you charge for an appearance, hon? Use your words. Words. So one of my friends just two days ago got um, a DM over Snapchat from this random guy that said, thanks for adding me back. Um, Is there any way that you could send me multiple pictures slash short videos of your toes um, per day to, um, like, just for my enjoyment or whatever? And... I'll pay you like $100 per week to do so. (laughs) I think the weirdest one I got was send me a video of your feet. (laughs) I was in seventh grade and this guy would always randomly text me and tell me that he wanted to fuck me anal. And I pretended to be my mom one time and I was like, this is her mom. You need to stop texting her. I'm taking this to the school and your parents are gonna get involved. And he flipped out and he was the most polite person after that and actually came up to school and apologized to me. And then I was like, dude, I was like just fucking with you. And he was like, are you fucking kidding me? I went home for the weekend and one of the first messages I got when I got there and I got on Grinder was a picture of someone's poopy diaper and basically it had like a ton of like corn and shit in it and it was like really fucking gross and then they asked me if they would send me or if I could send them like 
nasty underwear and stuff like that. It was just, they kept on going. It was, like, gross stuff. I don't, I really don't know. One time I was on Discord playing World of Warcraft with a friend, and he just started moaning for no reason. And when I asked why, he said, it's because your voice is so goddamn hot. And that's when I realized that maybe men make me uncomfortable. <laughs> this guy I was talking to, he, like, would call me mommy all the time. And I finally asked him why, because I just never thought about it. And he said that it's because I was the future mother of his children. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I'm a really broke college student. So I went on SeekingArrangements.com and <laughs> to find a sugar daddy. <laughs> and we started texting because his wife wouldn't talk to him. And like, they just were separated, I guess, kind of. I mean, they lived in the same house, but they didn't talk to each other so he wanted some attention i guess and i gave him my banking information and now i want to die because he hasn't texted me back so i'm really worried that <laughs> my <laughs> my stuff's gonna get stolen or something so <laughs> 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 Thanks for listening to this week's episode of American Student Radio. We'll see you right here next week. Thank you for listening to American Student Radio. We're produced by students at Indiana University Bloomington. Our theme music is provided by Lunamatic. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash American Student Radio and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at ASR Voice. We broadcast new episodes every Sunday at noon on WIOX and stream on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash American-student-radio. You can subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.